This is the High School Football America podcast for July the 15th, 2019. I'm Jeff Fisher. Well, this weekend was another chapter in the big rivalry between Southern California powers Modern Day and St. John Bosco. Modern Day preseason ranked number one in our High School Football America 100. St. John Bosco number two. A couple of weeks ago, it was Modern Day defeating St. John Bosco in the finals of the Battle at the Beach tournament. And then on Saturday in Mission Viejo with seven teams in all from the High School Football America preseason 100 from Southern California in the house. It was St. John Bosco walking away with the tournament championship in the semifinals this time. It was number two, preseason number two, that is, St. John Bosco downing preseason number one modern day by a score of 35 to 28 and then in the championship game St. John Bosco no problems at all defeating Corona Del Mar a team that is ranked in the top 250 of the high school football America preseason rankings and on uh, Saturday we spoke with uh, Bruce Rollinson the head coach at modern day we're going to take it down one notch today to talk to the number two coach Jason Negro head coach of the St. John Bosco Braves I talked to him earlier this afternoon Well, one of the great things that uh, happened to High School Football America when we moved to Los Angeles is we got to meet a lot of great coaches who became friends. And on the line right now is a guy that has become a friend, but he's also one heck of a football coach. He is the the head man at St. John Bosco. As a matter of fact, when we moved out there in 2012, we saw the beginning of uh, Jason growing the program there with the Braves. And he's on the line right now to talk about uh, what should be another fun season for fans of St. John Bosco. Welcome to the show, Coach. What's going on, Jeff? Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure being on your show. And it's always good to have you here and hear your voice. And uh, I had uh, Bruce Rollinson on, your arch nemesis. You guys are becoming like the uh, the Yankees <laughs> and Red Sox when it comes to high school football rivalries. But he was on on Saturday with me. And, uh, you know, you're one, two in the poll, modern day one, St. John Bosco, number two. And, and I guess, you know, one of the things I'm going to start out with you before we get into the players and breaking everything down is you've never hidden the fact that, you know, you're interested in Trinity League championships, state championships, and competing for a national championship. This year, at 1-2, you can control your future there. Uh, Tell me a little bit about, you know, the fact that you don't mind talking about, you know, things down the road that that bring great publicity to the school and allow Mm -hmm. the kids to achieve something that a few high school football players get a chance to do. No, I'm, I'm super, super, super fortunate to have the opportunity to be in a place that gives me that chance. Um, you know, I've spoken about it before that Bosco in the league that we participate in, being in California, you know, all the variables kind of match up to allow us to be able to not only schedule great teams in our league, um, great teams in the playoffs through the state, got to go through De La Salle, and then, you know, having an opportunity to play some of the teams around the country that we have and the flexibility that our school allows us to do that, you know, sets us up to have a chance to do that. And I know and I'm not shy from saying it, that not all schools have that chance and not all those schools have that opportunity, but being here at Bosco, it does. So since I'm given that chance and given the opportunity to be able to create this type of program, I'm certainly going to embrace it, and we're going to try to empower our kids to go out and play some of the best people in the country, and I think that's something that we really take a lot of pride in, and we want to be spoken about on a national level, and I think we've done a pretty good job of that 
over the 10 years I've been here. Yeah, no doubt. And you've done it the right way, too, which I've told you uh, off tape and, and on tape. You, you guys really do run the program properly there, and you've done some great things. As a matter of fact, when we created the algorithm in, in 13, you haven't won that mythical yet from us yet, but I, I, I told uh, Jesse Christensen there in your office that uh, we, we did a little, uh, a little story the other day, and since we started it in 2013, the number one team in the nation... St. John Bosco, you just got to get o- get over the hump and get that number one. Let's um let's talk a little bit about what I was mentioning before, which is the uh, the high school football version of the Yankees and Red Sox. You guys have already yeah. made some headlines with your battle at the beach, seven on seven passing, and then this mm-hmm. weekend you won the the South County there at Mission Viejo. Tell me a little bit about that that rivalry, and and for the people around the country that may only see that you guys are highly ranked at all the national polls, what's it like to to have a rival like Modern Day? I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I really um, fortunate to have, you know, this kind of relationship, not only with coach Rollinson, but with modern day and having an opportunity to play them once during the season guaranteed and potentially twice is pretty fortunate for us because we, you know, pride ourselves on playing the best people around. And as long as their program continues to be as great as it is, you know, we're going to have that chance to be able to play them on a national stage. And there are always big games, we have a tremendous amount of respect for what they do over there. Our coaching staff and their coaching staff are, are really you know, good friends, honestly, behind the scenes. Something that a lot of people probably don't know. Bruce and I get along really well. Um, I have a ton of respect for him and what he's been able to accomplish during his entire tenure there at Modern Day. And um, we speak a lot, uh, you know, kind of offline, uh, back and forth about things that we're doing within my program or things that are doing within his program or high school football in general. general. And you know, he's a, he's a wealth of knowledge. Um, he's somebody that I kind of look up to almost like in a mentor, you know, type position because of what he has been able to accomplish. And the thing that I always pride myself on is, is the consistency in our program year in and year out. We continue to, you know, make the necessary changes and adapt to the, the landscape to be as competitive as we are. And that's something that he's been able to do, you know, since the mid nineties. So, um, as long as we're able to continue to do that, and it's it's such a healthy rivalry, and our kids love it, our parents love it, the fan bases, you know, we're separated by about 20 miles or so, 25 miles, and um, it's just awesome when we have a chance to play those guys, and, and most of the time we got to play them twice. Yeah, it's for sure. Jason Negro on the line, St. John Bosco head coach. He's been there for uh, for a decade. And uh, just my own two cents on that. Uh, uh, my first time watching the rivalry, uh, what amazed me was the number of kids after the game, no matter how hard fought the game was, would get together. And, and, and you could see the camaraderie there. I, it's, it's a legitimate thing that uh, it's, it's a rivalry that goes beyond just uh, who wins and who loses. That's for sure. Uh, coach, let's go into the, to the the. the program now the kids you know i like to get all the kids names in there as many as we we can i think um, and i don't like those recruiting services but i think at last count you guys had what nine of the top 100 players in california something like that the number one quarterback <laughs> and all that so you've got a lot of talent there and let's let's just start with uh, i'm gonna try dj's name i always mess it up Uyagalele. how'd i do <laughs> <laughs> Did I get it right? We are Galele. <laughs> okay. We are Galele. No, we are Galele. Okay, well, I anyway. Know, I've had a little bit more experience, and now we've got his brother Mateo as a freshman on our varsity team. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, so I got another 
you know, this year with both of them and then three years after that. So I'm going to be pretty good at pronouncing that name. <laughs> well, good. Then I just go back to DJ since I always screw it up when I do it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, here's the question. No I think one, and, and again, I don't like seven on seven either, but yeah. one of the stories of the summer was the battle at the beach when the Elite 11 was going on. DJ decided it was more important to be there with his teammates. Tell me a little bit about that and what that says about him heading in to 2019. Well, if that's not a defining moment for him in terms of his character and spreading a message about what is important to him, you know, I don't know what is. Uh, he made the decision on his own. He came up to me and said, Coach, you know, obviously I have this opportunity to go to Dallas and participate in the Elite 11. However, you know, we didn't perform very well in our first tournament back in May when he was just coming off of baseball and we had some kids missing and we participated in a, in a tournament in at Los Alamitos and we didn't play very well. I think, you know, we were like three and two on the day and, and lost to some teams that we shouldn't have. And again, it's not real football, but when you're in a competitive environment, you still want to win no matter what you're participating in. And, you know, Battle of the Beach was the next one up. And DJ said, coach, I think it's probably going to be in the best interest of not only me, but the team, if I stay back and I participate in practice and I go and compete in the tournament and try to get us to get us a little bit better for the season. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to, you know, don't twist my arm, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, sure. I'll, uh, I'll accept that. And I think that's going to go a long ways with your teammates. And it certainly did. We got better as a team that Saturday, even though we lost modern day in the finals, but we got better as a team. Um, we started to click a little bit more in terms of our timing and our precision and what we're trying to accomplish offensively. And then it all came together and it culminated with a great day on Saturday with the South County tournament down a mission and you know we were seven and oh i think on the day and, and other than one game we really didn't have any games that were very close we played really well offensively and, and that's something that i'm going to look back on hopefully in december if we're able to finish this thing off the right way saying man maybe that might have been the defining moment something that we needed as a team to kind of leapfrog us or propel us to where we want to go when we start the fall so i just can't talk enough about his unselfishness and how important the team is to him and our overall goals down the road in the future. So DJ's a special kid, and that's just one one thing that really kind of emphasizes that. Yeah, it, it, it caught my eye, that's for sure. Jason Negro on the line, mm-hmm. St. John Bosco, number two in the preseason High School Football America 100. Of course, it only counts when they get on the field. We just do that for the fans to get them all riled up. But uh, <laughs> coaches like seeing, too, where you are a little bit. Um, I, I know he has some weapons there, too. I mean, when it comes to catching the ball, and you guys have, have had a lot of good ones through the through the years here, the last couple of years. Let's talk a little bit about the guys in the skill positions. Who do you like? Who are, who are some of the kids you're going to rely on to, to make sure that uh, DJ's able to use his talents to the fullest well i think offensively he's got a lot of talent you know surrounding him you know we return whether it depends if it's an even or an odd front last year we return either four offensive linemen that started or three um you know so if you return four fifths or three fifths of your offensive line you already have a chance you know right there which is really you know exciting for us because i'm a firm believer that games are one up front unless you have guys that can um you know protect the big guy we're we're not going to you know, be very successful. And then in the skill positions, Bosco's fortunate. We, we're going to always have guys that can play that are very skilled, you know, led by Chris Hudson and, and Bo Collins. Those two guys, you know, were starters for us last year at the receiver position and only gotten better. And then we added Logan Loya, who was a transfer from Orange Lutheran, um, who wanted to be a part of what we're doing in our program. He's part of our youth program. And then, you know, now he's back with us as a senior. 
and Logan's probably one of the most talented receivers in the state. So we're pretty fortunate with those three wideouts. And if we go four wideouts, we'll bring in a kid named Jody McDuffie, who's been a part of our program since his freshman year, and he'll be a junior. Uh, super talented guy. That's one thing we don't lack here at Bosco is, is athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tight end position, you know, we got a couple kids. Adam Aweda is, is a returner that's going to play behind Jude Wolf last year. And then DJ's brother is 6'5", 240 pounds. So, you know, as a freshman, that's a pretty good sized kid to come in there and play some tight end. Uh, so that just leaves the running backs. And we have a returning back uh, who's coming off an injury, Nathan Jones, who was kind of the senior leader. And then we have three so- dynamic sophomores who are kind of ridiculous and i think people are gonna really start to see um how talented they are early on in the season because they're so fast and they're so athletic and behind that big o-line they could be pretty special as well so i like where we're at i like the depth that we have all we have to do is just execute and put it all together and let's uh, get the names in of those kids up front because i think that's one of the things that i didn't know about Mm -hmm. when i moved to southern california you know i heard about the athletes all the talent you know whether it's quarterback running back wide receiver but not only do you guys out there grow them big (laughs) they're athletic so uh, who are the kids that you have up front yeah yeah well, Drake Metcalf is a Stanford commit. He's, he's an offensive lineman for us. And Logan Bednar, both those guys play tackle for us. We're probably going to move Logan to the inside this year. Uh, che Womack is going to be our center, and, and Che's done an amazing job. Um, he's a four-year kid for us, and, and he started when we played an even front last year, so he has a lot of starts under his belt. And Edward Riley is a guy that is going to be a junior, and he started every game for us last year as a sophomore. So those four guys are, are the nucleus of kids coming back, and – um, we have Mateo Tupulo as a big offensive lineman, one of the biggest guys that we have in our program that's kind of factoring in. And Max, Maximus Gibbs is another one that is kind of new to the scene, and, and he's going to be a junior, uh, and he's going to be buying for a starting position as well. So we have a lot of depth there up front, and we think we'll probably go about, about seven, eight deep on the offensive line, and that's kind of you know rare and um, you know different than a lot of schools. It seems to have offensive linemen is a, is a premium if you're able to have it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're pretty fortunate here to have the guys we have. Jason Negro on the line, number two, St. John Bosco in the preseason high school football 100. Uh, switching over to the defense, let's see, if Penn State was known as linebacker U, is St. John Bosco a cornerback high school or something like that? I don't know what the name of it is. You guys have turned out some good ones. So yeah. why, don't we, why don't we start there in the secondary? What do, what do you have? Yeah, we've been very fortunate to have some really good, talented kids in the secondary, and they've got a lot of athleticism and and ability not only to cover but to come up in the run game and be physical. So, you know, in the secondary, we returned both our starting safeties from last year and John John Vons and Jake Newman. Those guys, you know, John John and Jake both played a lot of sophomores too. So they're quasi, you know, two-year starters coming into the season, and we're really excited about that. And then our two nickel corners from last year who played on the inside and our nickel coverage are back. And those guys will probably start on the outside. And that's James Smith and Josh Alford. Those guys, again, got a lot of experience, played a lot. And we got some newcomers that are coming up. You know, Tavion Beasley is a guy that's played really well. Well, Dylan Kendall Tolls is another one um, that, that has done a really good job for us. And we're really excited about what he's uh, been able to do. And in um, our hybrid you know, kind of linebacker safety position is Court Williams is probably the leader of our defense. and He's got offers anywhere from Penn State to Alabama to LSU, and he's going to be our leader. So we're on the back end of the defense, we're really excited about those guys. But uh, always know the Braves are, are, are physical and quick at that front seven there. What, what, yeah. do you, what do you have this year? 
You know, the front seven is another area of strength I think that we have in the program. You know, we're a base four two five defense, but because of the variety of offenses that we have to play against, we can kind of mesh into some different fronts and and give different looks to offenses, which is something that's been our, our strength over the years is we have so much personnel. We can just play kids in different spots and, and kind of get some really good results. So the defensive line, you know, we're going to rotate a lot of guys. We got Colby Pepe coming back. who's a USC commit, Matt Jordan, both those guys started for us last year. You know, one guy started on the inside and Matt started on the outside and really happy about what they're doing. Um, you know, we got some other kids, uh, that are going to play for us that we think are going to be very talented and Gabe Allen. And we'll probably go about eight deep on our D-line as well. Um, we just got some really big physical kids that can play, and they're all versatile. They can play on the inside or the outside. They can play in an even front or an odd front. Um, so we're really excited about them. And then at the backer core, uh, we could do a lot of things too. we got a kid named um, Benny and uh, Danny Lockhart. Those two kids are brothers playing in the inside spot. They're very physical, downhill, run defender type guys. And A.J. Gatto is another linebacker that we're you know, really excited about. And another guy that we think um, is going to really help us as a very, very athletic linebacker is, is a young man named Andrew Simpson. So all those kids, if they can kind of factor and find roles into the defense and be able to move around a little bit and have some versatility, um, I think that we're going to be have a pretty good skilled uh, group there and like you said we can one thing we can do is run and, and we're physical oh yeah that that never changes jason negro on the line here mm-hmm. going to wrap up with a couple of questions uh, as if there isn't enough media attention there on the trinity league you guys yeah. decided to put the trinity league against the u.s so you got uh, yourselves yeah. modern day and jay sarah you're all you're one and two of course you and modern day jay sarah is 40 and then you're bringing out uh, let's see saint francis from baltimore number 10 uh, you got good mm-hmm. counsel who you're going to play number 25 and Milton, which is 55, and the defending champs from Georgia. How excited are you to host that event at your brand spanking new stadium? Well, one year removed, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's really great. And I have to really thank my colleagues in the Trinity League, Modern Day and Jay Sarah, for having, you know, kind of the trust in me to set this thing up. And also those three opponents who are willing to come out to California and, and to play us here in, in this showcase type of thing. And one of the things we're excited about is the brand of football that we play in California. And this is just basically, it's a platform or it's a stage for people to come and see teams from across the country and how talented they are. And, you know, to have six teams in the top 55 in your poll and in one weekend at our, our school is going to generate a lot of excitement. And, you know, we kind of pride ourselves here in California, or at least in the Trinity League, the six of us is one of the toughest leagues in the country. Well, now we're kind of putting our, you know, our, uh, you know, our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and we're going to give teams the opportunity to come into California if they want to travel, and we'll provide a little travel stipend for them to come and play us. And I, I don't think that we're afraid to play anybody across the country. And and but they, over the years, we've always had to go outside of the state to play, and now we want to have an opportunity for these guys to come in and play us here and show our fans and our communities, you know, how great the football can be across the country. And, um, it's something I'm really excited about. Hopefully we're going to be able to pull it off without any hitches, but 
it's going to be an exciting two days here in September, and um, I'm really fired up about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm booking the tickets sometime in the next 10 days here. I can't wait to see you again and be out there. Uh, one other thing before we go here, I wanted to talk about a big change this year in the CIF Southern section, which is California's strongest, as we most people know. If, if you don't know it, uh, trust me, it is the strong section. Uh, created uh, created a, an open division, if you will. They've taken divisions one and two, the two toughest in, in California, and now at the end of the season, that open Open division is only going to have eight teams in it. Uh, a lot of reasons for doing that. Uh, one being some of those first round games were blowouts. But I would love to get your take on it because you're one of those teams that were in that uh, we just blew you out stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I it's I got to kind of be careful with it. You know, I'm part of the CIF advisory committee in the football, um, you know, department here in our CIF. Um, you know, being the fact that um, you know I'm a part of it. Uh, you know, I'm going to support what, what we're doing and I'm going to support, you know, the CIF and the decisions that they make. We're, you know, we're part of their membership and I'm excited to do so. But, you know, I, I'm not a, a big fan of the new proposal, that, you know, on a couple fronts. Um, and, and, and this is nothing that I haven't discussed with them. So I don't think it's, you know, out of line to say it. But I, I don't think it's fair that our kids were denied a playoff opportunity of only having to play now three playoff games. Um, because we've been successful. It's just not fair. I'm not a big fan of, you know, trying to create competitive equity where it gives everybody a chance. I I don't don't think that's the right thing. I don't think that's reality in not only America, but in the world. I mean, not everybody has a chance. It's just not the way things work. And, you know, it kind of devalues the fact that we went out and we've worked hard to build the program and which we've done it is under the rules which they've set forward for us. So it's not like, you know, we're outside the box or we're, you know, doing something that, that, that we shouldn't be doing. We've created a program here that I'm super proud of, and I don't think my kids should be punished by reducing the number of playoff games just because we're successful. And then, you know, I'm really worried about what it's going to do, you know, to the league concept. Um, you know, the fact is, before we even sit into the in this play a game in the season, we're already in the playoffs. I mean, I think that's another thing that just doesn't sit well with me. Um, I think you need to earn it. I think you need to go through your season to determine where you're going to play in the playoffs. And as we sit here on July 15th, I'm a playoff team and I was guaranteed in, and there's, you know, 24 other teams that are going to be in there or actually 32 total teams that are going to be in the playoffs guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And I think what that's going to do, it's going to affect leagues. And I think it's going to affect the way people play because if you're in a league and it's 10th game of the season and you know that you're already guaranteed in the playoffs and you're going to go sit down there in division two and try to, well, then what motivation do you have to play your kids against me? Uh, it, it doesn't make sense to me. So that's something that I worry about is now what it's going to do to these leagues and to the games of, of, of our regular season. And it's almost made them um, insignificant. So these are going to be things that we're going to have to look at and evaluate over the next couple of years and, and see if we can continue uh, to tweak it to where it's best for all parties. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know your opinion prior to the question, but you know, one of the things mm-hmm. I've told people is you know, there are a lot of teams that don't mind being 14 seed, 15 seed, 16 mm-hmm. seed with a mm-hmm. shot to play against a modern day, a St. John Bosco, all the top teams. I think that's back to what you're pointing about, competitive as yep. athletes, that's what we are. We're very competitive. Well, uh, we wrap up here with a question I always give you. I know you're going to give me coach speak. I think I say this every year. You're going <laughs> to tell me a game at a time and not look Past, yeah. but I am going to ask you about the, the the things you have in your mind there with your your assistants. What are some of the things you guys have to do to get yourself into a position where at the end of year the year you're playing those games that you want to be playing in? 
Well, I think we have to, number one, get better week after week. I mean, our, our preseason is brutal. Um, we're playing five teams from out of state in, in the five games. I don't know how many people, maybe IMG is the only school in the country doing something like that. But mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, we have to continue to get better and, and playing a schedule like this, we're going to have to ensure that we create a lot of depth because it's going to be difficult to keep people healthy as we move through um, the gauntlet that we're going to have to play in the non-league and then go into the league. And then not only that, then go into this open division, you know, playoff system. And at the end of the day, play De La Salle in the finals. So, you know, we have to stay healthy. We have to prepare ourselves and get better each week. And we have to develop some depth. So that's something that I've talked to my staff about is we've got to do a really good job of when we have opportunities to play kids in certain situations that we're doing that to give them a chance uh, to get better. So when we have to call on them full time, they're going to be able to handle it and, you know, the other things are is we have to stay hungry as, as a program. Our kids have to stay, you know, focused and you're dealing with kids. And um, I think, you know, if you look back to last year, the first modern day game, you know, we did really well and we handled that game and, and, and won kind of convincingly. And then we turn around, you know, four or five weeks later and, and we threw up, a, a, you know, an egg and didn't play very well. So our kids need to guard against that and we have to stay competitively hungry. And if we're able to do that and some breaks go our way, you know, we might be fortunate enough to win win every game that that's on our schedule. And that gets us back to where we started. A perfect circle, possible mythical national championship. Coach, <laughs> always good to hear your voice. I can't wait to see you uh, there in uh, mid-September for the Trinity League versus USA. Uh, again, uh, as much as I respect you as a coach, I respect you as a friend. So thank you for joining me tonight. No problem, Jeff. Thank you very much. And I uh, look forward to hearing some of the other broadcasts that you have. You always do a great job for high school sports. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jason Negro, head coach at St. John Bosco in Bellflower, California, number two in the preseason High School Football America 100. That's created with a proprietary algorithm. We came out with it uh, a little more than two weeks ago. We uh, we dropped it on uh, the 28th of June, which was the 15th anniversary of the birth of High School Football America. And throughout the preseason here, we're going to have some of the great coaches from around the country joining us on the show uh, to talk about uh, everything that will lead into the 2019 high school football season. So make sure you tune in to us, uh, not only on highschoolfootballamerica.com, but uh, by uh, listening on Apple Podcasts. That's on iTunes. You can also listen on TuneIn Radio and a lot of other places. So just uh, Google us on the uh, good old Google thing. (laughs) Just put in High School Football America Podcast. And every place that we're heard, you will be able to find it right there. Look forward to talking tomorrow on the High School Football America Podcast. I'm Jeff Fisher.